You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the OKC82 Podcast. I am Madison Morris alongside my co-partner, Brady Trantham, and a special guest with us tonight. You know him. You love him, kind of. His name is Chisholm Holland. And he's wearing a Carson Wentz jersey. Carson Wentz, man. Ooh, Best quarterback in the NFL. Who is that? I don't really watch the NFL, so uh, I have no room to talk. Oh, what a shame. He's a, he's a ginger Jesus is what I call him. Ginger oh. Jesus. <laughs> well, uh, Adrian Peterson was the purple Jesus, right? And moving on, and moving on, the Thunder win it tonight, 98-80, to holding the Houston Rockets to a season low of 80 points, which is pretty impressive for this Thunder team, considering Houston is a pretty good offensive team usually. They have a lot of talent, like James Harden, Chris Paul, Carmelo, oh wait, Carmelo, that wasn't very impressive Carmelo, tonight. Uh, really quick before we get into anything, I just want to say, for the record, I found myself hoping some of those shots went through for Melo. I did too, actually. Like I, really I like. Did. I don't usually root up in the press box, but I was like, "Please go in, like, He's please." A nice it, guy. It, was, it was so bad. It was. It was terrible. I, I mean, Chisholm, you watched the game on TV, I assume, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I didn't watch the game. What are we talking about, guys? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, I don't know what it was like watching it on TV and what like the play-by-play, like Chris Weber. I don't know what it was like from from their angle, but yeah, I, I was really hoping some of those shots would fall. I did too. It was a little disappointing watching shot after shot after shot be taken by Mello and miss after miss after miss. And finally, I think the only two points he was able to put up all night was a goaltending call from Nerlens. Yeah, he t- it, didn't, <laughs> it didn't even go through the hoop. No, it, it was just... I don't, think, I don't think that shot would have gone in. And it, yeah, the it, it, <laughs> like, the, from the angle from the replay, it would not have gone in. So basically, Melo's only shot was from a goaltend that didn't even go through the hoop. So Melo didn't, didn't even get to see one of his shots fall. No. Uh, and uh, he started out over 11. And uh, Chris Weber said, well, when you're the talented as Melo, it doesn't matter. You can go 0 for 25. you got to keep launching it. And everyone simultaneously went, no. No. <laughs> Melo's not that, that good false. anymore. He does not need to do Maybe that. Maybe in 2010. Yeah, 2010 Melo. Uh, probably 2011 Melo. Possibly. 2018 Melo. Not a chance. Uh, but no, it's one of those things where you can tell there's a little bit of a revenge factor as far as him wanting to be able to score a little bit and kind of show OKC what they were missing. Uh, just wasn't there. Uh, Melo's just not quite the player he used to be. He did come off the bench, though. I think that's a development there. He started coming off the bench. He started four games, and now he's coming off the bench again. They're still trying to get it figured out. Melo at least being a little fluid there. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I know we've kind of started off this podcast going hot on Carmelo Anthony, but this game overall... Another good win for the Thunder, picking up their seventh straight win after going 0-4 to start the season. Brady Chisholm, just what went right about this game for the Thunder tonight? Well, I think it's just what I've been saying the last few episodes. They're winning bec- They're winning through their identity, or at least the identity that they were trying to sell us in training camp preseason up until now, that they want to be an elite defensive team. They mm-hmm. want to be a team that can get out the fast break and get easy transition buckets. And that's exactly what they've done. So on the seven-game winning streak, I mean— th- they're going to lose at some point. There's 82 games. They're going to lose. They're going to go through stretches where they play bad basketball or they don't get turnovers. And then because they're not a good shooting team, they're going to lose a handful of games in a row probably at some point. But having said that, a lot of what they're doing is sustainable. They average over 12 steal, almost 12 steals a game. Tonight they had 11. They get that through their athleticism, through their length. And you go down their roster. And, of course, Russell Westbrook's not on the floor tonight. Missed his second game due to the ankle sprain. And Andre Robertson won't be back until December, January or something. 
when this team is 100% healthy, you just go down 1 through 10. You've got guys out there that can play good defense, play solid defense. You've got guys that can get steals. You've got guys that can get out in the fast break for the most part and finish. So, you know, I hate to say this. I mean, I don't hate to say this. It just feels weird to say this because I haven't said I haven't said something like this since Kevin Durant was here. The Thunder are a good basketball team. They haven't been a good team for the last two seasons, and there are reasons for that that are outside of the Thunder's control. But they're they're a pretty they're a very good basketball team right now. Yeah, they are. Uh, offensively, still a lot of question marks, but to your point, defensively is the reason for this winning streak. A lot of that comes from buying into Billy Donovan's defensive scheme a little bit with the second, third, fourth efforts, uh, and that really showed tonight because obviously Houston's all about generating open threes. That's their entire mantra, and the guys who were getting open threes wasn't James Harden, it wasn't Chris Paul, and it wasn't P.J. Tucker a whole lot. It was a lot of, of Ennis, and it was a lot of Clark, and it was a lot of guys that we hadn't heard of before, and the Thunder were making those guys shoot contested threes because Jeremy Grant would clear out, Alex Abrinas would get out to the perimeter, and they were forcing the, sh- the guys to take shots that they wanted to, and I think that was something that we didn't see a lot of last year. Uh, the best players for the other team were generally the ones getting their offense going. This time, uh, against this Houston team, the Thunder did a great job of about Okay, well, you, we know you're going to shoot threes, but we don't want James Harden the, being the one shooting the corner threes. We don't want Chris Paul taking wing threes. We're going to try to make you beat us with everybody else. Uh, and that showed, because those guys just aren't very good. There's a reason that a lot of people don't know their names. So I think that defensive mentality, we saw it against Cleveland, but it really, really showed against Houston tonight. Yeah, and they're really starting to click with each other, This then, like the Thunder team is. I really think that they're learning more about how to play together on the court. They're learning where each other are going to be. They're having better court vision. They're just meshing a lot better than when the season first started. And I think it's starting to really click for this Thunder team, especially on the defensive end. Uh, they were able to force a lot of good turnovers on a good shooting team, and that was huge for them. Paul you George, know? six steals. Six steals That's is awesome. absurd. Yeah, That's this, absurd. Was, this was his most complete game, and he still didn't particularly shoot the ball well. I mean, he had that, I think, at the end of the first quarter into the um, until the uh, first half ended, he hit his last six shots. He hit five he was five of five in that second quarter when he mm-hmm. checked back in at the six twelve mark. And uh luckily I just I for whatever reason I just randomly just made a note <laughs> of that on on my game notes. The Thunder were um they were being outscored twenty to nine going um up until that point in the second quarter. The Thunder initially I, I believe they led by ten going into the second quarter. Then Houston goes on a twenty to nine run with Paul George on um on the bench. Then he checks back in at the six twelve mark Hits his last five shots, and then the Thunder finish the quarter and the half on a twenty on a twenty-one to six run, and basically controlled from there. And that mm-hmm. was pretty much the game um, up until that point. It started to look like the Houston Rockets that we all know. It was a lot of driving and kicking out to a wide open um, open three. I think at one point Houston was four for eight um, in that second during that twenty to nine run, and it seemed like all of them were corner threes. And if if they were able to keep cooking from that from that um, from that um, kind of offensive standpoint, and Paul George doesn't get hot in the end of the second quarter. This could have been a tighter ball game, but I mean, wow! I mean, this this game was won by Paul George in that second quarter. Terrence Ferguson, <laughs> overall, who played an Terrence exce- Ferguson. Yeah, played an exceptional game, not just defensively but offensively. He finally hits, got some shots to fall consistently, and uh, the defense, just like we've been saying, it's forcing turnovers, getting easy buckets in transition, and. A lot of this, guys. I mean, it's sustainable. Like I've been saying, it's 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 really odd to sit here and say the Thunder are a good team after I um, I did all but bury them on, on our fourth episode, where I thought this is the same team as last year. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
we're not totally out of the woodwork yet. There's still a lot of question marks. And again, offensively, I think we could we could dive into that for 30 minutes trying to figure out exactly why they can't seem to score at the rate that everyone else is in the league. Uh, but big standpoint again for me is the defensive effort is just so much better. And Terrence Ferguson is the guy I think really him and Jeremy Grant are like the definition of that through so far uh, in this winning streak. And I, I if I had a video, I could show you exactly what I was talking about. But basically, collapsing on rollers. And then jumping back out to your man on the perimeter as they catch to try to shoot a catch and shoot three, yeah, basically was, getting a contest. Terrence was so good at that tonight about recovering back to his man after helping onto a pick and roll situation, and that that just stands out because that goes from a wide open three to a contested three, which every NBA player in the league, maybe outside J.R. Smith, percentages drop when they go from <laughs> wide open to contested. Yeah, and like Terrence kind of personifies that. Jeremy Grant's also very good at. Uh, recovering on defense and Paul George I asked him in the locker room about what goes into like forcing all these turnovers and getting all these steals and he said he he actually had something interesting to say he said um a lot of the times they can be actually out of position but because they're so athletic and so quick they're able to get back into position so quickly or even if they're out of position they can still make make a play with their length and you see that with what you were saying with Terrence Ferguson, with Jeremy Grant, and even down on the paint when Nerlens Noel's out there. I, I don't think I've ever seen a center just recover as quickly as yeah. him. And it's not necessarily because he's he's quick. It's because he every time he it, he takes like a step that's it, he pretty much steps over the paint with one step. Like he he can be out of position, take one step, you know, behind him, and he's back in position to make the play on defense or try and clean up the glass. So a lot of good things um, with the versatility on this team with the Thunder. Yeah, and in the uh, lockers, the lockers, the Rockets locker room after the game, we were talking to James Harden about uh, the Rockets defense tonight, and he said, "You know, I I actually think we did a good job because we were able to hold the Thunder below to 100 points, under 100 points in 2018 NBA land, where it's 112, 113 points. Oh yeah, average, right? Yeah, no. Uh, Mike D'Antoni was also saying, you know. Right now, I don't think that defense is a struggle for this Rockets team. He thinks it's the offense because, in his words, not mine, the offense is a eh. It's very eh right now. Yeah, and of course they were without Eric Gordon, but you know the Thunder are also without Russell Westbrook, so uh, it's pretty much a wash there. Let's just yeah, say, just at the very least. But um, I can see what he's saying. At the same time, I mean, I don't know. The, the Thunder are not a good shooting team. Yeah. And while 98 points is well below the NBA, the league average, the Thunder could have, the way the game was going late in the um, late in the um, third quarter into the fourth quarter, the Thunder could have named their score. Um, they kind of just coasted from about the nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter on, it seemed like. Um, I mean, Houston will do this. I mean, I know last year, everyone wants to think, like when they think about the Houston Rockets, they're going to think about last year's Houston Rockets, and this is definitely not that team. And at Madison, I was telling you this when we walked out of the arena, and I hate to harp on Melo again, but one for eleven, and it seemed like nine or nine to ten of those of those eleven shots, he could have made an extra pass, and who knows what could have happened as a result of the mm-hmm. extra pass, but he chose to put up a shot. That's ten possessions of of no points. Mm-hmm. And with Houston, who he- relies heavily on you know analytics, getting guys um, three open three point shots that are high volume shooters that are high percentage shooters. That you take away ten possessions of that possibility, and you're not going to score a lot. And the Thunder's problems last year were not because of Carmelo Anthony. Like, I don't want us to sit here and just say, "Oh, that's why." And mm-hmm. because he's gone, the Thunder are a much better team. They've improved because he's not here, but that's not the sole reason. But they really need to figure out how they are going to deal with Carmelo Anthony. And it's great that he's coming off the bench. He will have his moments, like he did against Brooklyn a few nights ago, where he had what 29 points and was 
I think 10 of, 10 of 13 from the floor. He's going to have those nights because he's Carmelo Anthony. But mm-hmm. um, that's not what they wanted. That's not the Houston. That's not how the Houston Rockets need to be playing basketball. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I don't know what was really going on with the Rockets out there tonight. I think they were just kind of in a slump. And uh, Chris Paul said it best in post game. He said, you know, when you have a guy like Eric Gordon, it kind of affects the whole team. And I really like what Mike D'Antoni said. He said, right now there is a lot of mental energy that's not right on this team and that's kind of why they've been in this slump right now and so uh, I was actually going to ask Carmelo in post game you know what is the mental energy of this team and how can this improve as you guys are progressing forward and you know someone else was actually kind of able to swoop in and ask him that instead and he said right now you know when you're not making your shots when you're not getting good looks and when the ball is just not falling through the hoop and your spirits are going to be down and he said the only thing to improve that is to really just feel 100% and to hit your shots and to be more confident on the offensive side of the ball. And I just really don't see how the Rockets are going to improve on that unless, you know, just by some miracle they are able to become a better shooting team right now. And I was saying that about the Thunder a couple of days ago, and look where that's going right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, my two-second synopsis of the Rockets is they're just not near as talented as they were last year. Oh. And a lot of that goes to the fact that they just don't have as many two-way guys. James Ennis was supposed to be this guy who was 80% of what Trevor Ariza was last year. Defensively, and he's, he, he's okay. He's okay, but yeah, defensively, he's, he's not anywhere close to where Trevor right. Ariza yeah. was. Nobody's filling the Mbob Mute role. Carmelo Anthony, obviously, is a defensive negative. They've just got a lot of question marks, and it starts with the defensive side of the ball and spreads to the offensive side of the ball because they just don't have those knockdown shooters that they did last year. They just got a lot of question marks. Yeah, and you know, last year's Rockets team, it wasn't like they were the, the what, the 0203 Phoenix Suns where um, they just get up and down the floor, want to score, and just say screw it on defense. And I know that's kind of the the passing, just the kind of the passing, I guess, category when you think of a James Harden-led team as, ah, defense. They were a really good defensive Top team. And that's, yeah, and that's what led to them being such a an awesome offensive team. It's what you're seeing from the Thunder right now. Now, of course, they're not going to shoot at a clip like the Houston Rockets, but they're able to score and they're able to get easy buckets because of their defense. And it's just really odd to see how far Houston's fallen. It is. It is early. I mean, they're four and six on in their first ten games of the year. Oklahoma City's seven and four after digging themselves an zero and four hole. But you know, it's just it's just odd. I mean, there's a lot of odd things going on this 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 early in the NBA season. And if the score holds up, which I don't know what it is right now, but Milwaukee and Golden State, Golden State loses. I think the Thunder sit alone at the um, with the uh, longest winning streak in the NBA at seven. Yeah, yeah, they would. Um, and, and again, Houston, the the Eric Gordon isn't playing or James Harden isn't playing. I don't want to necessarily hear that as an excuse because last season they lost Chris Paul for 25 games. James Harden didn't play 15 games. Eric Gordon missed 15 games. Um, and they found a way to still be the number one seed overall in the playoffs. That's because their system was working that effectively because they had the right pieces to kind of plug people in and out. They don't have those pieces now. It's a big difference from this team mm-hmm. from last year. Well, how about we highlight some Thunder players right now? Let's talk about Terrence a little bit more. I think Brady and I were answering this question on our podcast last night about how has Terrence Ferguson's defense improved. And I think last night I was like, eh, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of there. But tonight he was putting up a lot of good shots on offense. And uh, I, I forgot who was telling me about this, but apparently, or maybe it was Terrence himself, Terrence was saying that him and Russell had a really good talk and Russell kind of like hyped him up and is always calling him saying, hey, let's go work on some shots. And I think that's really helpful for Terrence right now just to have a leader like that to ensure confidence. And I think Terrence is one of those players who needs that confidence on the court so he can go forward and make those shots. And once he gets hot, he stays pretty hot until he goes back in that slump. But 
Let's highlight Terrence for a minute. What did you guys think of him tonight? He, he looks completely different from the jump tonight mm-hmm. because he's had a few games where he'll launch a three really early to try and get himself acclimated to the game. And I think it was either L.A. or Phoenix, I can't remember, um, where he comes off, of, he rolls off of a screen at the elbow behind the three-point line and launches a really ugly-looking three, and it just clanked off the board. And then from there on, he just, you know, did he had pretty much the same offensive output that he's had all year up until this point. Tonight was completely different. He looked much more comfortable shooting the ball. He he shot it with a lot of confidence, and he and it got to a point, you know, in the second half where when he was wide open, I kind of expected the ball to go through the hoop, and um, I, I believe one of them did all but fall through the through the into the basket. So he just looked completely different. And I asked him in the locker room about you know a lot of what you've been doing, you know, defensively, you know, that's not going to show up in the box score. So in a big win like this, how does it feel to finally have your fingerprints kind of all over the box score? And you know, he he said the usual, basically what I've expected him to say. Like, I don't care about the stat sheet. I don't care about the box score. Blah blah blah. But. You could certainly tell that once that first shot fell, he, he was like, okay, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in for this tonight. And mm-hmm. it bled into his defense. He had that huge block on Isaiah, what was his name? Isaiah Hartenstein. Hartenstein. Yeah. Hartenstein. Harten- Hartenstein. 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 Is yeah. it Steen? Well, it might be Steen. It might be, it's, I have no idea. <laughs> the, I, the I is second. So if he's actually German, they would be Stein. So that's there's my, ah. uh, my German professor in college will be happy. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he he just looked like a completely di- completely different player. Now, he might look the same as he has kind of all year Saturday night against Dallas, but it's a step in the right direction if you're Terrence Ferguson. And it's it was nice to see because you know he's kind of a guy that gets thrown under the bus by Thunder fans. Um, and Billy Donovan will go up to the post game press conference and say time and time again that he played really well, that he's not hunting for shots, and even though his shots not falling, he still plays extremely well. And I know Chisholm's probably going to talk about this. We were talking about this before um, uh, we went on, but just his ability to just get back into position when he's not when he's not in position to make a play, he just forgets whatever happens um, the, the, on the previous possession and just erases it from his mind and goes to work. It's it's kind of cool to see it finally come to fruition with him on the offensive end. Yeah, uh, he was definitely feeling on the offensive end. The fourth quarter is a little bit of a heat check. Uh, I think he launched yeah. five threes in the span of like 90 yeah. seconds. Like I, He was just chunking them. I kept saying, like, dude, you're like killing your percentage right now. Yeah, I think he was four of six, and he ended up being four of nine. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. he just was hunking up threes there at the end of the ball game. Uh, but no, he was definitely feeling himself a little bit, and that's great for a guy as young as Terrence is uh, to be able to feel himself. And I think, I think that all starts, uh, I'm sure hitting his first shot played a factor, but how impressive he was on the defensive end, and I'm sure Ding up Chris Paul and Ding up James Harden and being able to hold your own a little bit probably boosted his confidence and really kind of got him into that ball game mentally. Uh, you know, if if he can find a way to feed himself, uh, feed energy to himself by playing great defense and letting that flow into his offense instead of doing the opposite, which is what I think he's done for most of the season, he's, he's tried to hit threes early so that way he can kind of get into the groove of the game. If he can get defensive stops and play great defense and then let that bleed over and be his confidence on the offensive end, I think he'll be a totally different player. Uh, now, an interesting question that we talked about in the postgame show Terrence Ferguson obviously playing a lot better here in the past few games. Whenever Andre Robertson comes back in two months, two and a half months, whenever that is, that rotation is going to get slimmer. Now, Andre Robertson isn't a 36-minute-a-night starter. He plays 24 minutes, somewhere around in there. So there's, there's going to be an opening, but Alex Abrinas is actually playing pretty well. Obviously, Hamadou Diallo showed a lot of promise, and now Terrence Ferguson is playing well. Suddenly, you got a little bit crowded there on the bench in the wing position. Yeah, Brinus actually goes 0 for 4 tonight, was 3 of 10 from the three-point line last night. Not a really good 
performance for Abrinas during this back-to-back. But, hey, the Thunder 2-0 two, two on the back-to-back, so I'm sure they'll take it. But, yeah, um, Brett Dawson from The Athletic and I, we were like – Madison, I think you were there as well. We were all kind of talking about like what happens when Dre comes back. And Terrence Ferguson is a guy that you could see being a starter up until that point and then falling completely out of the rotation for a few games or whatever, just because you know what Dre gives you. You want Alex Brinus out there a lot of, for a lot of minutes because he's the the team's best three point shooter. And maybe maybe now if Terrence keeps playing like this, it would be Hamadou Diallo would be the easy way just because he's a rookie. Um, he kind of he showed a little bit of his. Uh, his rookiness tonight on some shots uh, was still able to make a positive impact on um, off the offensive glass. Getting that weird near that pseudo travel scoop and score <laughs> uh, was really nice. But it's you know Billy Billy has where he's been you know he, he likes to tinker with the lineups and some people get a little annoyed with it because some people you know think that they might lose the consistency of the rotation. He has a lot to work with and it's only a good thing at this point because guys are playing well. Even Terrence Ferguson who is not going to give you a lot of points um, offensively. He plays well defensively, so Billy has a lot to work with, and it's a good thing, I think. Yeah, and well, speaking of players that have the potential of falling out of that starting rotation, where do you guys see Jeremy Grant right now? Because my big thing with Jeremy is that he is a player that comes in out of nowhere and makes some pretty clutch plays, especially when the Thunder need him most. You know, like it was, I was kind of thinking, and when is the last time – the Thunder have had like a because Jeremy Grant's essentially he's a role player he's a starter but he's a role player. When have the Thunder had a role player um, in the past few seasons where they can go for an entire half, not take a shot attempt, not score, but then all of a sudden turn it on because he doesn't have a shot attempt until I think he he made a three at some point in the third quarter. He hits that three, then um, Stephen Adams gets that offensive board and he has that badass bounce pass behind him to Jeremy Grant shrieking to the rim and he gets the and one. Then Grant gets back to the foul line. So basically in like a two-minute span, Grant goes from having no shot attempts to having six, seven points on the board. Yeah. And like when's the last time the Thunder had a, a role player like that where they could be very they can be cold all game, but then all of a sudden make a positive impact? I can't really remember. Deion Waiters? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, but the, but the thing just, with, just, just the cold to hot thing. Yeah, is where that, I was that, that, that's that. true. I was gonna say maybe not D because I would have said Dion as well, but Dion's gonna have shot attempts. D- shot attempts <laughs> are gonna be there, but Dion could be cold and then get hot. I, the exactly. game against San Antonio comes to mind early in the season, the first year that he was here. Uh, but no, I, I can't think of a role player necessarily like that who's okay with going six seven minutes without. Even necessarily even touching the ball, really, with yeah. an opportunity to score and then suddenly being able to uh, execute. No, Jeremy's been great, and I, I will be the first person to tell you I was wrong this summer when I said Patrick Patterson should be the starting power forward. Same. I was, I was very, I said very that wrong. I was, I was initially correct in, about that. I was initially correct in July, and I've said this now three or four times on this podcast. People are going to roll their eyes, but I was initially <laughs> correct. But you guys talked me into the Patterson thing, so uh, you know I'll, I'll take the L with I you guys. I was dead set on the Patterson thing. Patterson in the starting rotation, and now I'm like, mm-hmm. Patterson keeps hitting. He, he's, he's doing better. I think he's hit a three in about every game since that Boston game. Where I don't, I don't think you've been able to say that that much in his short tenure with the mm-hmm. Thunder, where he's had a f- stretch of four, five, six, seven games where he at least hits one three. He, most of the time, it's just he either doesn't take a shot or he misses his shot attempts. Right, and you know, even though his percentages aren't super high in this seven game stretch, if he's hitting one or two three pointers in the limited amount of pos- um, possessions that he gets the ball. That is so good for the Thunder. Yeah, absolutely. Those positive outputs, that's all you can really look for at that at that that far down the rotation. Yeah, the starting lineup change generally works for one guy, doesn't work for the other. This is one of those rare circumstances where at least for this this stretch, 
It seems to work very well for both guys. I'm also really ready for Patrick Patterson's third dunk of the season. It's kind We're of, just waiting. My, I mean, the, the rate this team gets steals, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone's going to get a dunk. Absolutely. Well, guys, let's go ahead and move on to some questions. We actually have quite a few tonight, so I will read this off and we can uh, answer away. So this first one is going to come from Zoe, and no, it's not Lonzo Ball. It is at Phi underscore Elson. P-H-I underscore L-S-O-N. S-O-N. Okay. Hi. Thanks for listening. Was this Mello's best game for the Thunder? I love Mello as a person, so slightly kidding. Oh, I can't even remember a game last year because I, I know he had some games where he had over 20 points. Early in the year, he was pretty good. Yeah, early in the good year last year, whenever Paul George and Russell Westbrook the, that, were super apprehensive oh, to take shots. Opening night against the Knicks, where he had like three threes in that um, second or third quarter, and he got really hot. Um, also, bas- it basically gave Thunder fans like the idea of, oh, this is what this is going to look like yeah. this year. And narrator, it didn't. Yeah, I think like the fourth or fifth game of the season last year, it was at Denver, and uh, Carmelo had. 25 points and he was basically like 11 of 13 or something along those lines was that that buzzer beater yes okay yeah he had a he had a really really great game it Uh, seemed like a lot of his good games came in l's yeah uh his most impactful game though probably tonight probably tonight probably the most impactful (laughs) game he gave the thunder the ball 10 um 10 times 10 extra times how nice of him thanks Mello. good guy all right let's go on to geo and that is at lamg underscore t underscore what do we make of this team's what what is this word? Potent Potent Potentina. Tinya. What what potential. is that supposed to be potential? potential. Okay. <laughs> so what do we make of this team's I think potential? You're saying plantain. Plantain. Like the fancy bananas. Yeah, oh. don't get too fancy with me. Like just come out and say it. <laughs> but thanks, Gio, for listening. What do we make of this team's potential through eighty two games? Statement win without Russ. What's working and what needs work? Uh, I mean I would say this potential for this for this team is still Kind of where we thought. They have the opportunity to be the second or third best team in the West. That They're really, really firing at all cylinders. If they're at peak efficiency, they can be that team right behind Golden State. Uh, and we kind of saw a little bit of defensively what that could look like tonight. Now, offensively, they still got a lot of work to do. Uh, but defensively, they looked kind of like that team tonight. That's going to be there. Uh, that's, that's the ceiling. If they're asking what the ceiling is, the ceiling is the roof. And that would probably be it. <laughs> uh, the second or third team in the West. Um. It's still way too early to even project. I mean, I think the, I think usually what people will will do is like, okay, after twenty games, you can start to project things like this. Um, that's when teams start to realize, okay, we're we're in this season to tank, um, or we can compete, or we actually have a legitimate shot at a title. I think it's after like the twenty twenty five game mark that you can start saying that. But like I've been saying, what they've what, what the Thunder have been doing, you know, just defense forcing turnovers, getting easy transition buckets. And the threes they're taking are from guys that they want taking threes. Um, basically not Russell Westbrook checking up eight or nine a game. Um, that's sustainable. Right. And they can win a lot of games doing that. You know, Because they're going to have nights where they shoot average from three. They're going to have a lot of nights where they shoot terribly. But they've won games shooting terribly from three, which mm-hmm. is really a rarity in today's NBA. But defense travels. And you know, projecting further, like you know, if the, team, if the Thunder make the playoffs – that is something you can seriously hang your hat on in the postseason, where possessions, you know, are much more valuable. Where the game slows down, the whist- the officials start to slow- swallow their whistles. The deeper you get, if the Thunder are able to get deeper, that's when this this team's ability to force turnovers is going to really, you know, bear fruit. Yeah, and I really like kind of what the Thunder are doing right now. They're not 
taking shots that to just take shots. They're passing it around more. They're playing a lot of unselfish basketball. They're using each other. You know, teamwork makes the dream work. So I really like that's kind of something I've noticed. They're really passing it around, like making sure that there's a guy with more of an open shot rather than just kind of driving to the basket when it's just not the right time. So I think the Thunder have a really great potential, like the two of you were saying, to really like go up in the ranks, but I still want to see them play the Jazz and the Nuggets Yeah, right I was going to say, like, like this we team, can't say too much. We, we've seen the Thunder play the Warriors, and it did, they didn't have Russell Westbrook, of course. Right. It, was, it was a really good showing, but, of course, Clay Thompson shot terribly, and you can say half of that might have been because of the Thunder's defense. I think now, at this point, you could say, yeah, the Thunder yeah. played pretty good defense because they've proven that they can play at that level. Mm-hmm. So how much of that was Clay was in a terrible slump? You know, you can probably say half and half, but... Yeah, let's see this team play against teams like yeah. Utah, teams um I mean, even though l- the Lakers are kind of a laugh out loud joke right now. I mean, let's see that yeah. let's see this team play against those those type of teams. Yeah, first. maybe the Lakers need to get out of their kind of slump too. But let's move on. I really like this question right here. Um where to go? Oh. Re- really quick, um Steph Curry abductor strain. Yeah, it's I saw l- that. I didn't know what that meant. What what, what in the mean? hell is an abductor strain? I think those are the uh, the big cranes they use to move metal <laughs> piping in construction sites. <laughs> he has one of those in his body. I, I knew this guy was a freak. Color me ignorant. I've just never heard of an abductor strain, I guess. <laughs> All right, this guy. Uh, let me go. Oh, Patrick Robertson at Okipat2000. Thanks, Patrick, for listening. He asked, does tonight's results show there's another legit way to beat a perimeter-oriented offense than just try- other than trying to shoot them out, or is this just a fluke? He also included, P.S., it's not a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Thunder, of course, have that 15th spot open, so there is there is room for flexibility in terms of roster movement. Um, I think if you're, if you're trying to project, like, what's Presti thinking or what is he going to be able to move, I think it's easy to probably assume that a name like Timotei Luau-Cabro is not long for this world in terms of uh, the, um, playing for the Thunder. Um I think uh, I think Abdul Nader getting sent down to the blue today, and then of course recalled six hours later. I think that at least shows that they're he had to go to practice. Yeah, well, I think that at least shows that they want to see because of course Abdul didn't have a preseason; he was injured. I think that it shows that it, they at least want to see what he's capable of doing, possibly down the road. But um, in terms of what this team could do, like what Presti could do to improve the team's shooting, but 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 not uh, decreasing the team's defensive versatility. I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's a popular thing out there about Kyle Korver because he's basically been asked that he wants to be traded. That would be that would be completely detrimental to your bench's defense, and <laughs> the bench is playing some pretty good defense, and I, that is sustainable. Kyle Korver shooting forty percent at this age, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't want the corpse of Kyle Korver anywhere near the Thunder. No. <laughs> uh, now the question was about is the the mentality of beating a perimeter oriented offense with great defense. Is that sustainable? Oh yeah. Am, am I? Am I? Is that? Am I nailing the question there? Of what? They, what was asked, Madison? Yeah. Close. Okay. Close enough. Uh, yeah. So first off, yes, uh, we saw the Warriors get taken to seven games, not because the Rockets were exactly lighting up the scoreboards. If you remember, those games were downplayed really close to a hundred points every single time because the Rockets are playing great defense. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder two years ago, you know, knock on wood, Kevin Durant uh, was here at that time, took Golden State to seven games because. They're playing really great perimeter defense. Uh, we actually kind of know if you're going to beat the Golden State Warriors like Cleveland did in 2016, it's because you need to play incredible defense on the perimeter and force contested threes. 
that's how you're going to beat it. You're not going to beat them by out shooting because at that point it's just a gamble. You're just throwing, you know, you're throwing dice on the table. You're just hoping for the best. If you're actually going to scheme to beat one of those teams, it's going to be through great perimeter yeah. defense. And, and mm-hmm. If you know the Thunder averaging 12 steals a game, if you take 12 possessions away from the Golden State Warriors and you turn those into easy buckets, you're going to be in that game. Right. Now, there's always the possibility that the Warriors just have like a 40 to 22 quarter because they're just that damn good, but you'd like your chances as as a coach if you took away 12 possessions and turned them into points against the Golden State Warriors Absolutely. with the talent that the Thunder have already. And what I, I mean, last year when Andre Robertson and Paul George were in the lineup, I, I know I don't have this stat memorized, but I'm, I'm vaguely close. They were at an NBA record pace for steals per game for yeah. a team because they were getting so many deflections. Uh, and obviously Andre Robertson is on this team right now. My point is, Theoretically, the defense is not going to get a little better. It looks it it's going to get a lot better when Andre Robertson gets into the lineup. It looks better this year. Yeah, it looks a lot now, better as now, a team wide. Yeah, because it, it's not just Paul George getting all the deflections. It's not just Andre Robertson doing all like shutting down the the opponent's best perimeter player. It's team wide, like you said, and it's it just looks it looks better and more appealing to the eye. Yeah, they're top five defense right now in the NBA today, and again, their best defender isn't on the, isn't playing games yet. That's wild. They they really have an an opportunity to be absolutely elite on the perimeter mm-hmm. defensively. And I, I think that's going to be a big role going forward in the season. Yeah, for sure. And let's make this the last question. I'm going to reword it a little bit from Maddie Mules, which is at Maddie Mules Pod on Twitter. Thanks, Maddie. What do you guys think of Billy Donovan? Actually, the he question was... was you want to say it out loud? Is it too early to erect a Billy D statue? He says it out loud. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. I giggled. Um, the boys giggled. I mean, yes, it's too early. I mean... Two weeks ago, people wanted to fire him. Yeah. <laughs> a week ago, people were screaming at my in my mentions about why isn't Hamadou Diallo or Alex Brina starting? In you know, um, I think Billy Donovan's a good coach. I've I've I thought do too. I thought that last year. I thought that the year when Russell um when Russell won the MVP. I thought that in Billy Donovan's first year with the Thunder. I think he's a good NBA coach. Um, of course, I'm always of the opinion that I th- I think coaching is overrated in the NBA. I think a lot of it has to do with just massaging egos making sure everybody's on the same page but i think i think finally now you can see because it's because andre arbison's not out there like basically poke um just helping the thunder do play all the defense while everybody else just tries to score everything that he told us in the preseason that we want to be an up and down team we want to make quicker decisions on offense and on defense and get easy transition buckets off of steals that's it's translating to the to the regular season and the Thunder didn't weren't able to do that two years ago. They weren't necessarily able to do it starting off last year. You know, they kind of got into a good rhythm um, after the twenty game mark, but they started off eight and twelve. So, I think you're actually seeing Billy Don what he's been preaching all preseason actually start to come to fruition in the regular season. That's the sign of a good coach. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, it's too early for a statue because yeah, he, he hasn't won statue. anything <laughs> yet. But, but yeah. yeah, like I think he's a good coach. Uh, yeah, I think he's fair. Uh, I. I I don't know, top 15, top 20, somewhere around in there. My only thing with Billy Donovan, whenever people start clamoring for his job, um, who you want to replace him with? Uh, and if you look at the list of candidates who would actually be a potential hire for this team, it, they're all worse. They're all drastically worse. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, is he the best coach in the NBA? Absolutely not. Is he a top five coach? Absolutely not. But he's viable. I think he he is a viable NBA coach. He's not one of those guys you're like, how is this guy hanging on to his job? Mm-hmm. You're not. He's not one of those guys. Now, is he making this team drastically better because he's the coach, like a Brad Stevens or a Greg Popovich? No. But is he making this team drastically worse because he's Tyron Lue? 
or he's, I, you know, I, whoever is coaching the Orlando Magic, like Frank Vogel, I know he used to. I don't know who is now. Is he one of those guys? No, he's not. He's somewhere in the middle, and that's fine. That's fine with this team. This, ta- this team is talented enough to win with a fine coach. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, it's that time to wrap it up. Before we get out of here, do you guys have any final thoughts on this game or as the Thunder travel to Dallas this weekend? Madison, what are we doing on Saturday? Uh, well, Brady and I are going to be in Norman, <laughs> uh, not in Dallas. We will be in Norman for Bedlam, Bedlam football. Shouts. It's uh, kind of a big deal in the state. Yeah. So I've heard. Yeah. Are you going to try a podcast after that's all over? You're going to be a long. It's going to be a long day for us. It's going to be a very long day. Who you got? Uh, well, OU's favored by twenty and a half. Who you got? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. What the? I know this. I know this. Um, Well, for the podcast listeners who don't know, I am an Oklahoma State alum. So you're not just an alum. You were like captain of the Palm team. I was. I was captain of the Palm team. So obviously, I'm going to be sporting my orange. Let's just be honest here. I'm a cowboy for life. You're going to be wearing orange in Norman on Saturday? I am, yeah. Oh, there you go. I'm I really proud am. Of you. I'm proud of you. Stick to your I guns. Am. Not Stick scared. To- Chisholm, are you, uh, what are you doing that day? Are you going to go to Norman? Uh, no, I will not go to Norman. I will watch that from the comfort of my television at home. That sounds fantastic. You'll be much warmer than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't do cold outside. There's a reason <laughs> I cover basketball, not football. All right, well, that will do it. The Thunder win it 98-80, to 80, holding the Rockets to a season low of 80 points. They will be in Dallas Saturday night to take on the Mavericks before returning home to Chesapeake Energy Arena on Monday to host the Phoenix Suns for the second time this season. For myself, Brady Trantham, and our special guest, Chisholm Holland, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Chisholm. Of course, thank you so much. Absolutely. And we're signing off. See you guys next episode. Peace.